Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. It is time once again for the A7FL 3-on-1 podcast. Happy day before Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm your host, as usual, Matt Ryan. Joining me, as always, is my quarterback. You already know who it is. It's Corey Hammond. And blocking the line and looking so smooth on the dance floor, he is Bachata Bob Big, Rob Fabian. And we are getting ready to hus-hus down memory lane in this best of the three-on-one podcast. And guys, before we get into the clips, I am so excited to do this show with you guys. I'm so excited to talk about the A7FL and talk about some of the favorite moments we've had over the last couple of weeks. This is episode 19. Episode 20 is next week. So we're moving into big boy territory now. Big, big interviews, big conversations throughout. And we're getting closer and closer to the season. We actually have A7FL football happening Beginning next week out in Vegas, their fall brawl is happening. So excited to see some A7FL football. You hear a lot of rumblings about what's going on in the league, but hopefully we'll have more on that on our sister podcast, The Other Side of the Ball, hosted by KC Cox and Derek Duncan. Uh, we, we, we anticipate them saying thank you for us giving them the shout-out. Um, but... Let's get into the first episode of the podcast, gentlemen. We had a ton of great clips and a ton of great moments, but I feel like this really set the destiny of the three-on-one podcast. Let's take a listen back. I remember specifically telling him, bro, that was a moment. And I, I guess I didn't know how right I was about that because that wasn't just a moment for BIC. That wasn't just a moment for us as the announcing team. That was a moment for A7FL, period. Like, no matter what you do, no one can ever take away the fact that we, as a sports cast, as a league, BIC as a team, Ashanti Worthy as a player, made it to ESPN Sports Center Instagram page. And my goal is to get a solid gold boat. I'm just going to say it right now. My goal from the A7FL is to own a solid gold boat. Is that like a like a specific award, like a Peabody? Yeah, or, or, or is that, that like an like actual solid gold? Boat? Literally talking about a, a yacht made of solid gold. Oh, I want a I want a traditional pirate ship, solid oh, gold, shit. whole thing, wow. a, 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 a full bellied galley. Yep. <laughs> nice. What would your What would your pirate's flag entail? Well, if it's because oh. of the A seven FL, it's definitely going to have to have a football on it. Um, it's going to be Ooh. David Isaacs with a sword in his teeth. Oh, nice. my God. In, in the so, Raider so logo. What you're saying is, to be fair, it would not be a Nightcrawler because of how bad Tampa lost that final eight game oh my God. against the Raiders. Oh, oh, was that too soon? It, it's so weird listening back to that debut episode, so guys. Weird. So <laughs> weird. Like that. And nothing's so changed. Weird. Nothing and, and nothing has changed. changed. Matt's oh making a good God. point. Matt, Matt's being awesome, <laughs> and then we, and then I kill it, and then Rob groans. I, I think, yep. I think we've gotten, I think we got into a rhythm, boys. <laughs> a, a nice rhythm. I like it. I like it. The the fun fact is that episode was never supposed to air. We were at the end of it. it was like, oh fuck it, it's good. We might as well. Yeah, that was the pilot, right? Yeah, it was the pilot, and we were just nice. like, fuck it, we're gonna air this, and it was pretty great, and. I, I have to say the podcast continues to get better week over week, but we really set the bar high with a solid gold boat. Like right now, I think we probably would be able to afford some Reynolds wrap aluminum foil and get a bat and get get it in the tub. I'm not sure if we necessarily would be able to make get the boat 
into the actual water. But I think I think we're at tub boat territory, boys. We're at tub boat or or like uh you know, Pandora charm. You know, not not solid gold, <laughs> but whatever sterling silver is. Um, you know, it's really expensive those Pandora charms, uh, because it's Pandora brand. Really we're gonna go off yeah, brand. Really expensive. I'm tired of Pandora. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna go to the Avatar because Pandora was the uh was the planet, so the Avatar Ooh. is the knockoff. The Avatar Ooh, Tomatoes. Tomatoes. But <laughs> I love you, Corey. I love you more than most of my blood family. <laughs> but we go to our second episode, which was a pretty our first controversial episode, mainly because we had the upcoming A7FL MVP and probably the best player in the A7FL, arguably, in Sterry Codrington. Let's listen back to some of those clips. Do you guys feel, and Sterry, I want you to answer this first because... You're going to be the one defending a championship in this scenario. Do you feel this is the last time we will see two New Jersey teams in the A7FL championship playing against each other? Nah. Nah, hell no. Why why do you think that? Tampa Tampa was good and everything, but I mean, I don't know, shit different over here, like. And I don't want to get on here talking too crazy about Rare Breed, but it looked the way it looked in the week one. We showed over like 16 people. We would beat shit down their leg. <laughs> we played them again, bro. Like, but then they no. put in, but then they put in Rokeem Cheney, and they started coming back. Now, obviously, they made it look nicer than it was, but anybody that you was don't there, know what variety um, looked like in person. Where there was other, you know, announcers. I'm not going to name names. <coughs> we know who it is. That were very, having uh, a lot listen. of questions about you. Oh, for, I mean, hell yeah! Stevie came out first game of the season and ripped the team a new asshole. I of course, of course, you got to look at him a little. Like, wait a second, is he the real deal, or was this like a? You know what I'm saying? But by the yeah, end of the season, throwing, I was changing. People were trying to throw shade on him because he faced uh, a defensive line that's full of six nine monsters that can play point guard. Smacking him in the yeah, face, bro. and and was and everybody was Renegades like, oh, D line, best D line I played against since I've been. Renegades D line is something else, man. Mm-hmm. And, and if they not for some injuries, I, played, I think they'd have been all right. Sterry, me and you spoke um off the record a few times. You know, we could keep those private, but we spoke on the record a few times as well. Where I told you, like after even even after we won in in twenty twenty one, right? When I gave you a hug, bro, and I said, you know, good game, I said, bro, keep the team together, and y'all got it. Because I felt it I felt it in the middle of that game. I was like, damn, like, this is it. Like, this is the changeover. This is the last time I'll be able to win a championship on a veteran team. Like, it's over. Because Sterry and these young guys are coming, and they're not playing with nobody. And I felt that shit in the middle of the championship game that I actually won. And I'm looking at the sideline. I'm like, yo, these kids, I, I called y'all kids in that moment. I'm like, yo, these kids aren't backing down. These ain't fucking kids. They're not playing. Like, y'all had no fear. Y'all were losing, had no fear. Y'all went up, had no fear. Um, Shit went bad for y'all, y'all had no fear. Shit went good for y'all, y'all had no fear. There was no fear. And I said, damn, if this same team comes back next year, and I'm pretty sure Ken- Kenny's a genius, and you guys have friends out the wazoo, I'm pretty sure you guys could add a few pieces. But if this same team comes back next year, I'm, I'm happy that I retired because I don't want any smoke with that team. I, I want nothing to do with that team. My old ass knees and ankles can't deal with that. What the fuck do you think I would have did with a variety this year? Nothing. I would have got cooked too. I might have been able to outsmart some shit, but variety would have cooked my ass too. Rob, has your opinion changed at all since then not at all and i i'm kind of shocked at how passionate i sounded about it but no my opinion has not changed whatsoever um i'm actually going to quadruple down on that Uh, i still remember feeling exactly how i described in that clip and it it hasn't changed stereo's phenomenal bic's phenomenal and it's theirs until somebody takes it from him and the sentiment behind what you were saying is, is that was your words to Sterry 
after the 2021 championship in which they right lost. After. Yeah, right after. I mean, so that wasn't yeah, even yeah. that wasn't even before they won the first game against BIC, and Sterry nope. proved that he could throw it uh, consistently against that defense. And then they won yeah, the no. second time, and then they won the third time. So you know, it, there's a yeah. there's not only is a lot changed in this podcast, but in the context of what you were saying, that was in 2021, yeah. and since then they've even they've even accelerated on a better trajectory but i would ask you this rob because what the interesting thing that's come up about that situation multiple times and in different ways i think is that was one of the things that you mentioned in that clip was that that was when you were like yeah that's this is the last time i'm going to be able to win a championship but as a i would say close to to you're 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 a decade or or so in that for sure in the trenches, and a lot of those years were both ways. Tell me, tell me why there's a huge difference between what we allow you to get away with, with you know your your famous quotes where you don't play ass teams at that advanced age, or when you won the championship, it wasn't that you were running away from competition, but that you're literally <laughs> ready to just retire. Based on you know, we talk a lot about that, and then I give a lot of guys flack for the opposite, coming from skill positions and and you know positions where they should be playing all of their games making every game even against the trash teams just just distinguish that because that's something that i feel like we 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 always go and just i skid by when you mention it but i just wanted you to clarify why that would be because as a lineman you know i think it's a little bit different at least in my opinion than the the skill guys that i call out um Honestly, that's really because no everybody in this league who's played against me, who's played with me, knows my, like knows me in that sense. Like they know my mentality, they know how I play, they know I give my all. I I don't have to prove myself in this league anymore. Like I've been the best offensive lineman in this league at one point. I've been the worst offensive lineman in this league at one point. I've played the games that no one wants to play in the mud. I lost clothes. I, I played a game where I forgot my, my freaking underwear and had to wear sweats the whole time. So I've been like I've been in every position you could possibly be in in the game. So my res- like the respect that the league has for me in general allows me to talk how I talk. Um and I mean okay. You don't I, I you trying, don't really don't have to I say anything more. No, no, I, I was trying to I'll, I was trying not to sound arrogant, but I'm just gonna say it, right? Fuck it. Um, bro, I'm from the I'm from the the highlight era, bro. Like every highlight you see that got a seven on the map is from a team I was on or a team I was playing against. And that solidifies me and everyone I played with at that time as as legends in this shit. So I really don't have to do anything. I so just don't get it twisted, everyone yeah. listening at home. I'm really you like hear that. Rob saying he doesn't play ass teams. You hear Rob saying that, you know, hey, Verardi shows up. I'm good to go here in the booth. It's because yes. the man <laughs> earned it for a decade in the trenches right. in the toughest professional football league that exists if you're not counting the NFL, which is padded, by the way. So, you know, moving Word. on, just just wanted to put that out there since we're recapping everything that's said. That is a topic that, you know, gets glossed over because I think I give you a pass. But the reason is because you deserve it. So, anyway. Well, I want to play this next clip because this is an episode, the only episode so far Big Rob was unable to attend. And it was with Derek Duncan, the owner of A7FL Nevada. And I'm going to play this clip back. And, Rob, I want to hear your thoughts. My My personal opinion, they they weren't ready and they won't be ready unless they get enough experience to be able to understand the game flow against New Jersey, against Maryland, these guys who have been in the league for eight, nine years. There's a lot of conversation we keep having about uh, coaching and the, the, the evolution of the league. And the reason why we have coaching is because we have zero experience playing seven on seven tackle football at all like this is the very first season that we've ever done it the fact that we came out and were able to contend with a established team that was fake town and is now no tribe and has some of these legacy guys on that squad and waxed them 
I felt we were in a really good position as far as being competitive. But then I saw what BIC looked like on TV. I saw what Patterson, you looked like on TV. And I'm like, we don't stand a chance against either of those based on their experience unless we buckle down, prepare, make sure we, we're well rested going into the game do the right walkthroughs, put, install a good defense, install a good offense, watch enough film to understand how they're going to try to exploit us and have something as a counterpunch waiting for them. Is it the, the experience or is there something else that you think separates the teams from New Jersey which don't necessarily have the, the NFL you know, pedigree, don't necessarily have you know, D1 players all over the place, but still – at the highest level of our sport, we're able to show that against the team that did bring NFLers, did bring a lot of football pedigree, just seemed to outclass them almost from the the rip. Yeah, so, and thank you for bringing that together because you touched on exactly the topic that I wanted to touch on for for this podcast. So we'll start with the tangibles for Vegas. It, It was experience, number one, well, I'll take that back. Experience number two. Aggression number one. The, our guys were waiting for the game to come to them. BIC was taking the game to the force. It, it was a, just a completely different mindset. Our guys were drop step, uh, pass blocking on every down, whether it was a run block or not, because they were trying to catch somebody instead of imposing their will on the guy in front of them. They, their bodies were not in the right position. They weren't they didn't have the ability to get coached up to beat them at their game in the game. And I want to touch on the X's and O's comments. I am not an X and O guy for any of the teams in Las Vegas. Currently, I am literally operating the division, operating the league. I give them some pointers. If they ask me questions, if they come to me and ask, what should we do in this, in this uh, position? Is there anything you can see on the field? I'm happy to give them that advice. But like Matt, I also have to remain agnostic because any help I give to one team in my division, I have to turn around and give to the other team in my division, or I'm not being a good owner, right? So, and let I, let, I, let me be clear: this was not this was not a slight against you because I no, do know that. I it's didn't take it that way. For the for the fans listening home, that you're not to blame for for. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, hang on. Let, let, let me go. Let me go further on. So, for the Snow Tribe game, what the GM of the Force asked me to do was to get up in the booth. And look at the look at the game from a defensive and offensive coordinator standpoint, and let them know, radio down to them, what I was seeing, how they could best attack. Uh, you're not going to like this. I I found the league by being on Facebook one night, and the Start Engine campaign came across my feed at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, and without my wife's permission, I invested in the league and dropped. I think it was five k as an investment because it got me to a certain tier where I was going to be able to get a few extra bonuses with it, the way it was set up, whatever it was. But with that, I told whomever that was receiving that information, I'm investing now, but I'm doing so because I want a team. So that's how I came to know about A7. It popped up. I saw the sizzle reel, went in onto YouTube, watched a couple clips, and went, God, this is an exciting brand of football, and it's so different from the NFL. And with all of the negativity that's coming from the NFL right now with everything that they're dealing with, this could be the option that everyone transfers to because it is a better looking game because you can see the emotions of the players. And if the if it's done right and we're working towards getting it done right, would be a better product on field with the right players in, in the league. And so I saw that vision and I said, I have to invest in this. So it, it, there, there was one time in the history of humanity that scrolling Facebook at 3 a.m. produced something positive. Right. That, so the, that to me, is the most, that is, to me is the most amazing part of the story that you said. All of the other stuff is true and I 100% agree with, but at 3 a.m., something good happened to a human on this planet yeah. scrolling Facebook. That, that's, Nothing that's amazing. ever good happens. That's a triumph in itself. Right. The best what, thing ever what about, what about, now, when you take a look at, take a listen to that, Rob, how refreshing is it? And we've had a lot of conversations like that on the show, especially with Ryan Shamar and various athletes in EA7FL. When you hear 
an ath- a, a former athlete who's now running a division in our league say that and give you an honest assessment. Does that make you feel, and Corey, I want your answer too, because you guys are more connected at the player level than I think anybody in our league, uh, part and parcel, because you guys are at our players or were players in the league and you have that connection with these guys. Does that show you that Nevada, primarily Vegas, could be a force to be reckoned with if they're looking at that and doing an autopsy of their season and being brutally honest? It um it shows me that Derek Duncan has the right mindset. It shows me that Derek Duncan has the right vision and he completely understands, regardless of, you know, the jokes and things I say weekly, he completely understands what it does take to win a championship out here. So he's going to do his best to get Vegas, Nevada, Nevada, however they say it. He's going to get those guys prepared to compete next year. And I, I believe it. I believe Derek Duncan can get it done. So it, it really does – it gives me a little bit of comfort knowing Derek Duncan fully understands without really having to be explained to. I, I, I think that's dope. And shout-outs to Derek Duncan, who is a Hall of Famer, uh, inducted this past weekend, I believe. But I think he kind of hit the nail on the head, which is what is our take on the Vegas and the Florida division and the Ohio division and the California division. And even teams, honestly, in the Jersey division at times, which is that there's a lot that these teams have to do to get to that top level of competition. I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair for Derek to say. I don't think it's unwise for Derek to think, because I think if he's going to have his division, especially with the expansion that they're doing. And I've actually had conversations with Derek and multiple guys uh, involved with the Vegas and the Nevada division, you know, what that spreading out of talent by adding so many more teams might do. And they're so excited with the amount of, you know, guys that are are responding to the combines and, and, and the, the league in general that they feel like they're going to be able to field competitive teams all the way around. And, you know, that talent will eventually, you know, rise to the top, much like the early days of the A7FL in New Jersey when it was called Town Beef. And I think, you know, I think that they're on the right track. And I think it, it may not be a formula that means that next year they're the A7FL champs. I think we could, we all three of us would probably agree with that premise. But I also wouldn't disagree that in five years they're not they're not knocking on the door or or competing with uh you know a really you know legitimate shot, and I think that's what the goal is for Derek Duncan, the division, and we were you know really happy to have him on. Too bad uh, he he we was so happy with it that he invented his own podcast uh, to combat our own, um, but I'd say we're winning so far. And I would have to say, out of all the other divisions, Rob, before we get to your point, Florida and Nevada have been the two outside of the legacy divisions that we've talked about the most. We've talked about Cincinnati. We've talked about Columbus coming into the league. We haven't given a lot of true focus to it, and Los Angeles is an interesting division that we haven't really dug too deep on. And I think we're going to get to a point, and I think shout out to other side of the ball for having David Meltzer on to talk about Los Angeles and talk about the growth there and the potential partnerships between Derek and David. But I feel like we've given way more time and way more love to those two than any of the quote-unquote expansion divisions. But Rob, I want your thoughts on everything. I mean, can you really blame us? Vegas is the first team outside of, you know, on the West Coast to beat an East Coast team. Um, Florida came out here and gave one of the best showings an out-of-state team ever gave against a top three, top four team. Um, they, they have a right to be on the map. They have a right to be talked about. What did, what did Los Angeles do? Where wear baseball pants to an A seven game and and then what? Like I, I don't I don't remember these people. It's hard to, to be talk fair. About to be fair, that was specifically Santa Monica. When you we saw what? the L, when we saw the L A squad, the L A Aces, they just only lost eighty to nothing. And and guess what? 
I don't remember you. You you guys have to be memorable. I don't want to talk about a team that was 0-5. I don't want to talk about guys who, who ate 80 points and, and still think they they can compete. I don't want to talk about them. They're very far away from the Vegas from the Vegas teams, the Florida teams, we talk about the um, Baltimore teams, the New Jersey teams, the potential PA teams, the, the potential in Ohio. Like, I don't want to talk about them. You didn't even make it here. If you didn't make it to New Jersey, it's hard to talk about you. I could care less what you're doing. You have to show up. You made it here two years ago and got destroyed. I was on the couch watching you guys get smoked. I, I really have nothing to say about those guys. They have to show and prove. Well, and what's crazy, and and I'm sorry, man. No, but what's crazy is is that when you think of the places, just name wise, of the states that we're in, and I list the states: California, Florida, Ohio, and then I say, you know, basically the greater city and area of Baltimore, because it's not even mostly all of Maryland or you know Virginia that's that's expanding, but the greater Baltimore area. New Jersey, right? You know, those those last two places and, and then Nevada, you know, the, the last two places, Jersey and Nevada, you would think, nah, those aren't going to beat California and Florida consistently. You know, the greater Baltimore area is not going to beat, but because these areas have the experience, Florida, California, they need to catch up. So I think just like Florida, though, we know the talent is in the state. It's just got to find its way onto the A7FL field. I think what we're going to have to learn is, 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 is the California football player the type of player that makes the type of commitment it takes to be a consistently good and available A7FL player? Because flag is one thing, and there's a lot of guys that play high school football, and when they get a chance to just have a little fun, they'll play some flag and do the, all those dips and dives and twerks and, you know, you know, taking knees and all this weird, weird stuff that I don't, you know, really love seeing. But when it's full contact, no pads, and all you got is yourself and your skill, you know, maybe that's not the the type of, you know, recreational or, or, or professional pursuit that, that, a, that a California guy is looking for unless it's a big-time money, you know, situation. Dips, dives, and twerks is the name of this episode, by the way. Has to be. No, no, no other thing could make that happen. But yeah, no, I agree with your point. And I think that Los Angeles has a lot to prove walking into this year, guys. I think that the players in that division need to show that Los Angeles is a football town for high school, for college. They are a city that has a rich history and passion for football. And everyone who plays in Los Angeles this year has to play with a little bit of grit, a, f- a lot of fire in the belly, and all the other metaphors to basically say they've got to bring the fucking fight during the regular season. Because when they enter the playoffs and they have to play hypothetically against Reno, against Vegas, against maybe even Ohio, you know, there's a possibility for it to be the first time ever an Eastern and Western conference in the a seven FL that could create a lot of opportunities for a team to hit stride at just the right time, because it's not a guarantee that we're going to see the matchups in the championship that we think we're going to see. And for me right now, if I, if we went to an Eastern and Western conference in the a seven FL, the only t- the only possible championship matchup I can see is Force BIC being the matchup. Because what other teams are going to come out of the West that have played on the East Coast, know exactly what's going to happen, you know, know exactly that style of football. And, ha- and we're going to see a lot of these guys next season on the games of the week. We're going to see a lot of these players from Nevada. Everyone who's playing in LA, everyone who's playing in Ohio, have to take a look at every single thing the BIC and the Snow Tribe were able to do against Nevada, against the Force, because that will be the way to defeat the other teams. Because it's a, a, a lot of similar strategies, a lot of similar philosophy, and 
if they can beat them off the blitz, if they can contain the offense, who out there in Vegas is throwing the rock as good as some of the players we've seen on the East Coast? We see a lot of running game, but we see a lot of speed coming out of Vegas. And one of the speedsters was Pac-Man Jones, uh, Curtis Jones, who joined us a few weeks ago in the early episodes, and this is what he had to say. One or two guys is going to turn this whole program around. It's not going to happen. All right. Um, oh, and six. All right. We'll see what a two and four, maybe a three and three season. All right. Um, there's a lot of competition here in Vegas and in the California side as well. Um, two of the top teams in Vegas would have to be the force and the pit bosses. Um, yeah, man, I don't see the Insomniacs making that that leap that they're expecting to make in just one season. At the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We want to get the job done, win games, and put us in the right position to be in the postseason. And uh, we want to just compete against the best so we can have that preparation to play against the best and when we go down to New Jersey again. Uh, for those guys, I just, you know, play with a chip on your shoulder, of course. I'm sorry, uh, that's the bad What'd take police coming to get us. Nah, man. They heard, they heard I was breaking records chasing... out here. Hold on, my bad. Hold on. <laughs> if they're chasing the four of us, you know, you know, Pac is good. Pac Man is good. The the three of us got a race, and I don't know who's coming out. Nah, I'm caught. I'm caught, bro. I ain't running shit. I'm caught. <laughs> I I can't sweat right now. I, I ain't sweating, so I'm gonna just make sure I'm not the I'm not the last. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, you 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 got away? Oh yeah, man, we're we're good, man. I'm I'm under all the, right, the tunnel. Right. We, we know we know they're not after you. They're probably after uh, they're probably after Trey Robinson, who who might be the only guy that's par for par as fast as you guys uh, as you. I mean, in your division, you want a raw and real on this show, right? That's that's, what, that's what we that's what we look for. No 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 politics, <laughs> look, no fancy the, language. This all is right, the so. three on one podcast. And like you know, in a three-on-one, you you come full speed, one hundred percent. And hey, Kurt, you do that, you're likely to score. So what you got for us? You hear my guy Rashad Davis basically saying that it's not important enough for him to play in the playoffs. He's just going to jump on when they go and play to Patterson. You, what was hey, your re- reaction to hearing that as a competitor? I mean, he must have had a great team around him to get him that far. Um... Man, <laughs> you guys are going to start some stuff here, man. All right, listen. Um, my immediate reaction was just a guy that – I just see a guy that wants to uh, bandwagon. The, there's going to – it might be tougher sledding for you guys than it was in 2022. No. Um, I just want to make this clear. I don't know how many times I have to tell you. <laughs> the force is a dominant – team on the west coast there is no team on the west coast new or old that i see as a threat speaking not even as a player but just like as a fan of the game and what taking myself off of the team and watching the guys that they have left the force will win the division again for the second year in a row hey curtis 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 gotta interject right there i have to i have to i have to and the reason why I have to interject is because, believe it or not, this league was actually built on having that fall season prior to the spring season. Now, it doesn't mean whoever won in the fall was going to win in the spring, but playing in the fall was was a nice way to recruit, get guys familiar with the game, because spring is very serious. A case in point, in my younger years when I first started, I played every fall. I played every spring. Fall was more of a tournament-style game. You know, it was a tournament-based situation. But spring was scheduled, and you knew who you were playing from week one to week eight. Listen, he's right. But at the same time, when you said that, I love that. Because that is the type of attitude that I feel like the, the team that really takes control of their division owns it. And is, is is knowing that, yes, we have to win one week at a time, you know, respect the game of football, not look past anybody, which it sounds like you guys take care of. But you said it. 
hey, Insomniacs, keep making good free agent signings. We all know that in the NFL, the team that wins the offseason is the best team in the league, right? That's why the Washington <laughs> Commanders or whatever they used to be called were always one of the better teams when they would sign all those free agents, right? Wrong. Right. There's moves that are being made that we cannot discuss live on this show. You guys know that like I know that. Yeah, there's exactly. moves that were being made. making moves in the offseason yeah, as well. I just don't know if I can make that public. Yeah, we can't. Don't, sometimes you can't. Once you get the clear and the thumbs up to, you know, say whatever the move is, then we can do that. But to be clear, some of these moves are really nasty moves. And on paper, some of these teams look amazing. But at the end of the day, it's all about who can get them the best seven on the field at the time to win the game. So, no, but hey, see, I'm not – He's not playing again next year? Nice. Uh, I'm not going to be too nice against... about it. Go ahead. Because, Go ahead. Man, I'm not gonna be too nice about it because I'm more of a realist than these guys, and I'm I'm not gonna destroy them. But let's just be honest here, right? Because this is what we're here to do. Briscoe didn't pop on camera. Bris- Briscoe didn't pop on the field. Like that's not when I watched that game. We watched one game from he who shall not be named in Florida, and he is in the top three, top four conversation. We watched two games from Briscoe, and I wouldn't put him in the top ten. And this is just me being as honest as I can be. Not that he's terrible or he doesn't have an arm. No, he didn't have time either. And I do blame his offensive line, you feel me, for not making certain plays and, and this, that, and the third. But being that he played one season with you guys already, I think, in my opinion, I hate people with cars like that. Like, he literally went nowhere. He literally <laughs> went nowhere. But um, <laughs> you guys know this. Like, he, he literally went nowhere. But – um. Briscoe. Are you sure you didn't just fart and blame it on a fake car ride? Oh, that, that is not a fart. He not pulled fart the dick <laughs> <laughs> But a guy like Briscoe, being that he played one season with you guys, he's older, the team respects him. To me, that should be your offensive coordinator, period. Because he wasn't calling bad plays. But because he's been on the field, he faced BIC, he faced the Aces, he faced these guys. I didn't see Briscoe making these and again, Briscoe, you're going to listen to this. Prove me wrong. That, that, that's me. I'm that guy. The bad take police came after us once. They've yet to come back after us, I think, because we've been fairly on point with our takes, boys. Yeah, that was from an earlier fairly. take that I had made yeah. in earlier episodes. <laughs> fairly good points. Um, but Curtis Jones laying it all out there. Still believes well, that the pit bosses and the, va- and the force are the two best teams. And for me, I I find it, you know, we've seen the Insomniacs make some changes. There's more changes to come, it seems. A lot of player movement, a lot of player migration. You have four new teams entering the fray. How do you guys see this playing out? And do you think that Curtis Jones is right in what he said? He, he has the right to say that, but is he right to say it? Well, I think it's interesting because if if the hypothetical situation that you're setting up, Matt, where it's West versus West versus West and East versus East, that, you know, some of our some of our top tier teams that we consider, you know, if we were to do that top 10 as the weeks go on, you know, a lot of them might be playing each other in the playoffs and knocking each other off, which means that if the West focuses on being the best out of their own conference, the Western Conference, then they'll have a shot at whatever the the playoff situation works out to be. The force have made the decision that they're pretty confident. And later on in that episode, Pac-Man, I think, said something to the effect of, you know, we're really not worried about anybody in our division. We're worried about getting ready so that we can, you know, get back to, you know, compete against BIC, which I kind of like. But we also seen in the expansion divisions in California and Florida, that when they sent up their A team from Florida and the Aces from California, those teams didn't get back. So that that confidence could be a false confidence if the force don't take the rest of the team seriously. And Rob and Matt, I actually had a chance to talk to Trey Robinson, a standout star from the pit bosses, who is getting really kind of tired of, you know, to, to put it frankly, uh, a lot of the the conversation about the division in which he told me that he had 17 passing touchdowns, 11 rushing touchdowns, and nine return touchdowns on the three-on-one 
that he's not getting enough attention that he thinks he deserves. So a, here's a little bit of a spotlight B if he's going to be able to back up some of the talk and some of the, you know, the things that he's promising for next year, because him and Anthony Bartley, the coach of the pit bosses have been relatively vocal in this off season about how they feel that given a couple of different situations and circumstances, that it's the pit bosses and not the force and not the aces that would be the talk of the West. So it's going to be interesting how the expansion of the West and, you know, maybe even the isolation of the West, you know, breeds the rivalries. And eventually, if that's how it shapes out, Matt, you know, a, a possible spot in, you know, a shot at the championship because of the way things are aligned. Like, so can I turn off the spotlight now since I turned it on? Can I turn it off? <laughs> Go for can it. I turn it off? No one cares about your regular season stats, bro. No one. No one. No one. No one. You're not the best team out of Vegas, the forces. So you have to take a back seat. You don't have a choice. You didn't beat them. That's my problem with these guys. Oh, we're not getting enough credit. Credit for what? For what? For almost making it? Since when did we care about almost winners in football? Boy, sit your man. Y'all better win a damn game or two. There's nobody out of the West Coast that we're talking about, unless it's the Force and out of respect the Aces. That's it. Anybody else, show and prove. That's it. I'm gonna keep that same energy with everybody. Well, and we'll get to see them, Rob. So they're gonna be able to show us, and that's the thing that I love about the stats. And actually, in the conversation I had with Trey Robinson, you know, let's be fair. He was he was reminding us, and if you look at the the picture, I think Derek Duncan posted it. Trey actually played on a Pennsylvania team, you know, in 2014 in the Town Beef division. So there's he has he has an understanding of the game, and he candidly feels like if he gets everything going in the right direction, that it won't just be the talk, and he's excited for the the fall brawl you know early winter you know shindig or whatever they're gonna call Jamboree. it jamboree yes shindig. but it starts it starts this weekend so what's nice is is that we've gotten a lot of those cbs receipts and a lot of chatter from nevada whether it's on their podcast our podcast you know breaking into the zoom there's been a lot of talk and you know, Matt was saying, you know, what California needs to do, but, you know, California may claim to be, and L.A. may claim to be a football town, but I'll tell you what, Missouri sure ain't shit as, as far as that goes, but they got a pretty good s- slogan, and I think Rob would agree with it. Nobody cares until you show me, and I think that's what exactly. a lot of these guys and a lot of these teams, and specifically these states and divisions, that's what they that's what they should focus on for the next stage in their evolution because if you show us trust me when we saw Mark Bagway basically dominate a game and look like it was easy we saw it he showed us we haven't heard Mark Bagway on this podcast he actually shunned us and said basically uh, via text on, on Facebook Messenger sure and then never showed up but we still talk about him because because he showed us not anything that he said or any any of this right. spilled and, tea. And, and it's just, because just, he's a baller. Just to, just and to it's I did I did speak to Mark Bagway. He said he will never come on the show, but he does love it. He does listen. He won't come on the show, but he listens. And that is the interesting thing is we have a lot of diverse personalities in the league. But the great thing is that some of them are ready to come on the podcast, talk that shit, and give us enough CVS receipts. The other ones are moving in silence. We haven't heard from Ashante Worthy. We haven't heard from Kason Campbell. There's uh, We haven't heard from, you know, Quattro Huff and Kareem Moon, a lot of newsmakers in this league. But we have heard from people like Corey Price, and we've heard from people who believe that they're the best in this league. But one thing that might have been the best is this when we went through our internal top 10 super official unofficial A7FL list. And gentlemen, I'm going to go back to this clip that I really think defines the ethos of this podcast. 
I'm going to be about it. I, you know where I'll be. Everybody in this league, you know where I'll be. I'm not going anywhere. It's not like Listen, by man. this time it's next all year, come I'm going to be 210 pounds, which I already am right now. I all right, really so let's get back to our eight Hold on, Rob, Rob, let Rob go. Yeah, I just don't want to hit one of those classic damns when when they hit you, because that's going to hurt me, okay? If they hurt you, they hurt me, Corey. Welcome to the A7FL Games of the Week. I'm Matt Ryan, joined as always by Big Rob Fabian and the ghost of Corey Hammond. Guys, we have a big game today. Corey will be giving us a non-corporeal correspondence tonight as we'll be floating over. This, the stadium here this afternoon in Asbury That's Park. That's tough. <laughs> but go ahead. Back to the AP list, Corey. I'm about to make everybody mad. Because <laughs> I know you're, you're so go hesitant for to it. put the force in any of these numbers. You know who I'm going to get. Oh, no. You know you I'm already snow? everyone mad. <laughs> Do I no? snow? No. Hell no. I would never put Snow Tribe over the force. That's insane. Then who I is it? Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you in my opinion who I feel like the force matches up very well with. Why? Uh, a mid to a high, low tier to mid, mid tier quarterback, a decent running game, an okay defense. Are Rob, you saying a DC I'm, buzz? No. <laughs> so who are you talking about? The Renegades are number six, my boy. The <laughs> Renegades over what? the court. Yeah. I knew I was going to get people hot. In my opinion, I'm, I'm, not even bad. I'm, I'm confused. Rob, this, do, this do we watch the same saw, A7FL? Off, off of what I saw, I think the greatest comparison you can make with wh- who and what the Force are and what's going on in New Jersey is the Renegades. If the Force can beat the Renegade, and the Renegades from even last season, I shut my mouth. Because what was I always complaining about when I saw the Renegades play? Quarterback, quarterback, offensive line, quarterback. What did I say when I watched the Force play? Quarterback, quarterback, offensive line, quarterback. I think that show is the perfect reflection. And last week's episode, which is probably an all-time episode for this show. Yeah. The root of this podcast is just <laughs> three unbalanced individuals <laughs> who needed to meet each other at this point in our lives to put out this ridiculous fucking content on a weekly basis. It. I am with it. And what and what we just and we just cut right before is the blasphemy <laughs> that is Rob saying that the Renegades were the sixth best team, and then when it came back to it, I just was trying to, you know, what's funny is is that I said that as a moderator of the top ten, I wasn't even putting out there which teams are out there. Somehow, as a moderator, I had to preface that, you know, based on the crazy shit I'm saying, everybody will know where to find me. I'll be back there in the pocket and I'm not going to be moving. I'm 210 oh pounds, God. which is which is five pounds ago, by the way, guys. Right. Uh, it's definitely a lie. You lied to the people. <laughs> about what? About how much you weigh, skinny, Corey. Yeah, no, that was that was a long time ago. I've that I've I was 210 when I said that. I'm 205 now. I was saying that was five pounds ago. That's how long we've been doing this podcast, Rob. They they keep letting us do this, despite my efforts. But anyway, what's great is is that I was the moderator of a top ten, and somehow it turned into find me. And then Matt played the the corp, corporeal correspondence of Corey Hammond. Ghost Corey is probably gonna be one of my favorite things to mention this year when the Snow Tribe is playing for multiple reasons. The first one is, Corey, I've heard some things about the schedule, and I'm excited and worried for you all at the same time. (laughs) Oh, no. That's not a good... I'm not thankful for that this Wednesday (laughs) before Thanksgiving. What? 
you're not you're you're not even going to tell me either because you're literally not allowed to. I'm le- I am legally bound from doing that. If I do that, David Isaac shows up to my house and oh, glues me. So Wait, no, I can't. Hold on, guys. I can't mean- make mid '90s references anymore. So y- it's um, you get Tanya. There we go. That's in the last twenty years. Bang, motherfuckers. Okay. Yeah, Tanya Harding, Rob. Tanya Harding. Yeah. So for 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 those for those who aren't familiar with '90s female figure skating references, Rob. Although you should know, Tanya Harding uh, had her boyfriend break Nancy Kerrigan's legs because that's yeah, yeah, I do know that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just that's just great white people drama that I'm sure everyone can laugh at. But at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day. Back to white people drama. You know, I'm just excited to get back on the field. Whoever's across from me is going to see uh, uh, the best version that I can give the A7FL as as I'm waning in uh, years I have left. So I'm going to take my best shot. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We're wearing the all whites still, so you already know. That was the second reason, because Corey's going to be looking like a ghost out there wearing those all whites. And that's perfect with the show because what what am I doing if not stealing your content, Matt, and making it not not as funny but also funnier? Because I'm such an asshole, but I do try. Can can we just whenever they do games on TV, I just I don't want you looking like the Michelin Man, bro. Bro, I'm not weight wise. Not weight wise. I will look like the Michelin like the, Man because the ripples in the jersey will be my six pack. Now that's the it's, now that's it's the not worst a weight comment. It's not That's a weight the worst comment. I've had on the show. <laughs> all right, if Corey has a six pack, I'm fine with him wearing the all whites on TV. But just know, yeah, in the co- you're gonna know in the commercial breaks that me and Rob are just dying the entire yeah, broadcast. Know, yeah, it's gonna be bad. Like I feel like you, at one point you're gonna look at the camera and just shake your head. And we're going to know you're talking to us. Like, we're going to know. We have that connection well, now. Well, what's nice with the with the snow uniform is that it, it does it does bring out my uh, my natural Targaryen white highlights. You know, that blonde, uh, a lot of people are paying for that uh, that light gray blonde. And I, I get that shit for free. Let's go. You ever think Corey's looking at a mirror while he talks to us? Yes. Because I, I think he does. Bro, my, man, I, my man's I, got I, a I hand mirror exactly up. What my face looks like. I don't even have to look in a mirror. This Rick Martell-ass motherfucker. Is, uh... <laughs> He's going to start spraying arrogance on the field. You know the song by Alanis Morissette? It came out when we were about seven. I My mother told me that that song was about me, and I really actually thought that the song You're So Vain was about Corey Hammond. That's a core. That's not a. That's a. That's a. That's not an Alanis Morissette song. That's a Carly Simon song. Yeah, even I know that's not Alanis Morissette. Like, can we revoke? All right, you, well, you're you just revoke, confusing your Canadian you can songstresses. My white card then. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Rob, here it is. Here it is. How, how the hell did we have a good bit on a best of show? <laughs> right. Let's because we're that damn good. Damn it. There you go. Dear, dear major radio distributors, <laughs> stop. Please give us national radio programs. Stop. Here is our and, best of show. I don't know why I'm sending a telegram, but fuck it. Because you're not allowed to do 90s references. So you can oh, do I got to go. Yeah, I got to go 1960s. Yeah. Yeah, you do 1890s references. Oh, my God. You guys are terrible. <laughs> but here's our final, our final set of clips that I was able to edit. A uh, shout out to Corey, by the way, for going through every episode and time stamping them, saving me so much work. <laughs> Don't give me credit for my narcissistic tendencies in my downtime wanting to listen to my own voice. Come on. You see, you, you were fine until you said that. You, you. I, I, I so agree with you, Matt. Why do you keep trying to find new? You're like in Looper when he tries to keep killing himself. <laughs> tell, tell the audience whose idea it was for episode six that we finished off the episode with. Whose idea was that? That was yours. I am nothing if not like, what's the term? A mark for I yourself? Play, I, I think it's masochistic 
Yeah, a little because bit. I play I play a seven and football. I'm the only pocket quarterback except for Mark Diggs. And, and Rock Briscoe. Okay, more trash than anybody in this league Corey, because I host Corey, the podcast and still play. Corey, so there is something careful. wrong with me. That's confirmed. You got to be careful. We can't kink shame on the show. If you are if you like getting beat on by men in football games, that's just Pause. 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 <laughs> this episode is brought to you by kink.com. Is that – only Matt would know if that's a real website, though. Don't try I'm to bring me. Don't try to bring me into your tentative. He's trying to get you out of here. He's trying to get you back. Man. I'm trying to give him a hand up, and he's trying to pull me into the hole he's dug himself in. I thought we were friends. Like we're broadcast partners. We're colleagues. Like if, if, I wouldn't have said that if I didn't think you were my friend. I know. I, think, I know. I, I, I did just. I maybe I did just test our friendship there. No, you two. You were two of my that. closest friends, which is. Which is sad for you. Great for me, but just sad for you. Oh, I'm the one who's constantly, it's great for me. I'm the oh, one who's constantly guys. blowing up. Awesome. I'm the co- one who's constantly blowing up our group text at all hours of the day to, to rob having to silent it probably at work. More competition. And, you know, we're pissing off a whole bunch of people in Santa Monica right now. But the point is... They, they failed themselves. Hey, listen. Use this as fuel. Put this on your on your on your angry board in your locker room. You guys let the force beat you. Then come out here and get smoked by BIC. If you're upset, be upset at the man in the mirror and take your ass to the gym and bring your ass on that field and show us what you got, man. I'm like, listen, all this, these people getting upset. Come to the field and show why you're upset. Don't be upset because of some words. The only guy we know coming out of LA is Billy Mallard. Everybody else is. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. Billy Millard. I don't, I don't even know. I want to get him on the show because I don't know how to say the guy's name. But I watched that guy play. He's phenomenal. I watched Rob, him play. I don't He's think, phenomenal. I don't think the type of guys that were on the Santa Monica vibe are those guys to have an angry board because they seem like the guys that clip out the good press clippings and hang only those up because that's what they're about. For Do you want to know what was in my head just now as, what? as Rob was ranting? Do you need <laughs> – do you need inspiration in your everyday life? Do you need someone to tell you to get off the fucking couch and get your shit together? Well, Dr. Robert Fabian, MD, is here to give you that inspiration. Quit being a dickhead, a 45-tape collection that allows you to not be pussy. Get your ass on, boy. <laughs> if, your life, if your life is a six-pack of ass, call Rob Fabian. ass. <laughs> Do you I'm look at listen, listen guys, come on. I'm Six not trying to shit on the I'm not I'm not trying to shit on the aces. I'm not trying to shit on the vibe. The force represents the West. If you want that title, beat them. And then worry about all these other teams that you might have to beat to break a top ten list. Because as far as I'm concerned, the Covington Heights can round out number nine and the Snow Tribe could be number ten. I don't Ooh. see the aces on his list. I, you know what the Covington I you know what the Covington heist at nine makes sense, and it comes back to the conver. It's weird how we had a, almost a replay of that exact conversation like fifteen minutes ago, because we we keep coming back to the same themes. A lot of these guys are are really wanting to prove or feel like they belong in the upper echelon of the A seven FL, and it's so hard to. A, come up with the concept of a top 10 teams in this league because there are levels to this. There are a multitude of athletes who deserve opportunities in our league and at the next level. And there's a lot of guys who need that coach, who need that game manager, who need a Kenny Stansberry. And in one of the first ep- in the first episode we talk about how Kenny Stansberry is a hall of famer in terms of his, being a recruiter being a leader and if Kenny Stansberry was in Los Angeles i believe LA would have a chip next year oh shit yeah uh, listen i believe they're going to compete i believe it's going to be tough yeah i i like Imagine if these different divisions were trying to get a Kenny Stansberry to run their team or a Ryan Schmar. Do you feel 
that their connections to the community is what makes it stronger? Or do you think these guys are like a Nick Saban who can go from team to team, part of the country to part of the country, and motivate and really develop these great athletes or put them together and build these teams like the BIC, like the U, even like the rare breed in Baltimore? Well, I think it's interesting the two guys you mentioned. Ryan Shamar has reinvented the U a little bit, I would say. But I would say Ryan Shamar still hasn't done what BIC, what Kenny Stansberry, what Carl uh, Carl Meisner, um, you know, what those guys did over at BIC. You want to know something, Corey? You want to know something, Corey? I think that is a great debate. And I think we should even open up right after Thanksgiving with this specific debate because I could not disagree more. And I'm, I'm here to listen to the points for your for your um, statement, and I would hope you'd be listening to the points for my statement. Because I definitely don't agree, but I think that is a great, a great debate to have on this show. And I think, yeah, I think, um, I think that to to give both of those guys the respect that they deserve. Right. We would, right. We would probably be able to, <laughs> we'd probably be able to go into detail, you know, on both sides and both right. be right and wrong. You're right. I, and that's why it's going to probably be a very, very good episode. I completely agree. So we know what we're talking about next week, but Right now, what we want you to do is go to tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. That's tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch right now. Pick up your shirt, whether it's the I Tried shirt, the Hus Hus, or because it's getting close to wintertime. It is thick boy season every day. Every season is thick boy season here in the A7FL. But it's getting cold outside. Grab yourself a hoodie. Grab yourself a t-shirt. Head on over there right now and you support the podcast directly by doing that. It pays some of the bills around here. Um, and it also keeps Olive in, in fancy clothes. It keeps Rob and family uh, doing what they do and also it helps Corey and his 9,000 children just a little bit. And if you've never listened to the podcast before, you just found us on the internet or you're in a7FL fan and you're just diving deep into the pool of the A7FL and you want to hear the full episodes of what we've played for you today, all you got to do is go like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get audio. You'll get all the episodes and so much more. Guys, as always, it's a honor and a pleasure to set aside a couple of hours a week to talk shit with my friends. I am thankful for that. I am thankful for the audience, I am thankful for you guys as people, and I'm thankful to everybody at the A7FL. And uh, that's it for uh, for this edition of the pod. Anything you guys want to say before we head out? Well, guys, oh, I'm thankful. Wait, wait, go wait, ahead, guys, Rob. You wait, go first. Wait, wait. I want to say it because I've been wanting to say it for weeks. You guys ready? Yeah. Sure. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I, did I, did I did it. 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 That's it. That's nice. all I wanted to say. You gotta wait till he says, "Don't be an asshole." You don't know what. No, 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 no. I just, I just wanted a, a quiet moment to just say, "I'll try." Oh well, my I'm, god, I'm thank, I'm thankful that you enjoy my shit. Yeah, I also, it. guys, guys, hey, listen, I'm, I'm really thankful for my eighth grade New Jersey National League champion, Super Bowl winning team, the Woodbridge Golden Saints. Led Let's by go. the quarterback right here. He's doing his hair. Hey. It's late at night. He's got to yes, be on FaceTime with his girl. Yes, it's Brady Hammond. Brady, how does it feel to be a champion? Feels good. Um, only 13 years old. Won a championship. Uh, so, he surpassed yeah. you, so you surpassed your father. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. No, I'm leaving the pod. What did you say? What? What? Don't say the second part because it's not true. But what did you say? You you surpassed your father in chips and what else? <laughs> in height. In height. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. I was just being. I was being nice. That was mean. <laughs> he's 13 and taller than you. He said he surpassed me in championships and in height, and he's 13. So. Yeah, you know, like, like we you say. Know what, though? You know what, Corey? I still know for a fact that somehow, some way, you're going to spin that and you're going to think your genetics and it's still going to be a plus one for Corey Hammond. I'm sorry. You can't lose, Corey. You can't lose. 
I don't root. I don't root against my own kid. You that's, shouldn't. That's He's taller than you. That's if this was <laughs> olden times, he would have pride rocked your ass like a minute and a half ago. Well, to be fair, you could ask him this question. Every time you still try because, you know, he flexes enough in the mirror. He thinks he's a big guy. But what happens when you, you try to arm wrestle your dad there, champ? It doesn't seem to work out. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But anyway, if you I'm thankful, uh, I'm Brady, here's a team. tip. Here's a tip. Wear a BIC jersey with the name Ferrari on it and it will yes. help you in, ex- in an exorbitant amount. Hate to tell you, Matt, you don't know 13-year-olds that well, but he's already back on the TikTok, and he's doing, like I said, he's doing his hair in uh, the middle of the night so he can be on FaceTime with his girl. Oh, I'm so glad I'm never having children. Oh, that, 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 oh. Oh, my kid will whoop my ass. (laughs) So I'm thankful for the Woodbridge Golden Saints, for my all-stars, Kyle Campos, Armani Maglione, Jose Cruz, Jose, uh, um, Lucas Valentin, and Jaden Johnson, the MVP of the game, but also the quarterback, Brady Hammond, who you already know, scored two touchdowns. More than me. And Rob, uh, after we uh, accidentally just clowned Corey uh, in front of his son, uh, any parting words before we go? I know you tried to steal steal the catchphrase, but anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, I'm thankful for this team. I, 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 I'm thankful for A7FL. I appreciate you guys. And, every, you know, we won't talk to you guys till next week. So please, everyone, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time. You know, tomorrow's never promised. So just appreciate the time you have with the people you love and care about now that's all no better way to tie a bow on this one so all of us here at the a7fl wishing you a happy thanksgiving uh stay safe out there during black friday uh cyber monday the streets is hot out here so please be safe be kind and as always don't be an asshole i'll try